just know that God still does miracles. Mm -hmm. And we may never know why he chooses things to do. Welcome to the Insta Mama Show. Hi, this is Rachel. And this is Natalie. And we are the Insta Mamas. We are sisters with a podcast. And we talk about everything from faith, healthy, clean living, adoption, foster care, motherhood, and everything in between. Thanks for listening. Oh my goodness, we're back. We're back. I'm so excited. We are like blowing up our the capacity of our microphone because we're so excited. <laughs> That's how excited we are. It has been so long and we're going to tell you all that I know we've been posting on social media and there's just been a lot of really crazy life stuff going on and we're going to fill you in on all that, why we took such a long hiatus and how we're, why we're so excited and feel comfortable saying that we are back. Yeah, we are back. Because there were several times we tried to start again Yeah, and it wasn't working and I think the Holy Spirit was just telling us that we needed to take a break. Yeah, and it's so wonderful. Like the Lord's timing is just everything. Um, I was just reading in Proverbs the other day that says a man makes his paths but the Lord is the one who sets his steps. I'm like really badly paraphrasing. Just saying like we have all these grander plans and stuff, but God's plans are so much better for us. And they're usually different than the plans we yeah. have. And I think God just really needed us to take a step back and take a break. And But we feel so passionate about getting the word out on adoption, foster care, the things that the Lord's put on our heart. So we're really excited to share that with you guys. Mm -hmm. And we're excited to grow. We really want to just reach all mothers. You know, obviously our focus, um, if you're just starting with us fresh in season four, is we're both um, mothers through adoption. I, Natalie, adopted my daughter um, from India and she just turned five. Oh my gosh, I can't even believe that. I know, and she's been home with us for two years and she had a lot of medical issues and special needs, but she is just thriving and doing so well and, um, and we're actually in the process of adopting another child from the Philippines and we're very close to the end of that. Hopefully... 2022 it'll happen earlier in the year than later but we think that we'll be traveling to the philippines this year yeah and they're not taking me with them so well if you have three thousand dollars <laughs> you're welcome to come <laughs> and a covid test i keep but, saying like take me with you <laughs> oh it's gonna be so exciting because rachel and i our great-grandfather is from the philippines mm-hmm. so i'm really excited to go back to where our family's from originally and yeah i almost really said excited. he migrated from the philippines no he immigrated from the philippines when he was about 20 years old with nothing but the shirt on his back and worked his way up and built so many good things in his life and really he's like a good example of the American dream so he really is yeah and he drove till he was like what 90 years old so it'll be cool for you to go back to like our literal roots I know I'm, I'm really excited for that and then um yeah just to share that heritage with my child because we work very hard to bring um our Indian daughter's heritage and make it real and actually just posted a an article I wrote for um a website that Rachel and I write for but uh about how to bring culture into your child's home during the holidays and speaking of websites so we both write for adoption.com mm-hmm. and what's really cool is they take their top 50 articles every year and one of natalie's articles made it in the top 50 of 2021 so good job natalie which makes me really happy because there's like 90 
people writing for this mag. Mm-hmm. This it's not. I think it used to be a magazine. Now it's a website. But writing for this website, and they all write many articles every month. So it's like yeah. hundreds and hundreds of articles they they get submitted. So I was. They push a lot of content. But if you guys have time, uh, you can go onto our Instamamas page. It's Instamamas Nat and Ratch. Okay. I always say Nat and Ratch. It's technically Nat, Nat and Rage. Rage but... So it's Instamamas Nat and Rage on Facebook, and you can also go on Instagram, and you can scroll through, and we have links to our articles that we've written. And I've when written we get some, yeah, Rachel's written some. written some really good ones. She just did one on felt safety that is just ah. Even if you've been an adoptive parent for a while, or you're maybe you're parenting a child that comes from trauma. Um, even, you know, maybe your step parent, divorce is a trauma. And so, you know, there was just a lot of really good stuff in there that just, anyways. So side note, but that's one of the things I've been doing for the last six months. Well, so I'm trying, we should have checked before we started, but the hiatus has been more than six months, huh? Um, the last thing we did was biblical adoption. So, so that was a long time ago. Yeah. And, uh, we've had a lot of, um, yeah, just working through a new medical diagnosis for my daughter and another specialist, and God's been so good, and we're just trying to figure all that out still, and um, so I'm just not going to go into all the details of that, but, and she started uh, developmental preschool, which is a special Mm -hmm. needs preschool, and she's just doing amazing. She's thriving, and she's just so happy. And she's so cute with her little backpack on. Like, she oh. does. And I don't know, we're just, even, we're like recording this during the day. Yeah. And your my daughter was sleeping. sleeping upstairs doing and my little's at school, and I'm like, oh, we don't have quiet time during the day ever. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't have to record it like early in the morning or late at night. So it's just a kind of a fun season, but we really did need to take a break to figure out. We we're going to the doctor several times a week on top of her normal appointments, and because um, she's in. She used to be in four therapies. Now she's only in three. Cause yeah, she graduated one. Graduated one. So she, we're having uh, gains and we're having um, some setbacks. But gosh, she's just in all of it. She's just really having a soft heart and um, just a smart, wonderful little girl. Just blesses us every single yeah. day. If you're interested in her adoption story, it's a two-part episode. You can go back. I believe it's in season two. Mm-hmm. You can go back and listen to her whole adoption story. There's... My adoption story, her adoption story, um, and those of you who are new to listening, you know that when we started this podcast, I was a single mom and in the middle of a divorce, and the Lord restored my marriage, and it's it crazy, been, Rachel. It's not crazy. Like I feel like my life is literally a walking miracle from being able to adopt, from being able to restore my marriage to better than it's ever been before. Like I just... I love my husband so much. <laughs> yeah, you guys are like in a romance period. <laughs> yeah. Like when we started, it was it three, almost four years ago. Yeah. We kind of started it as a joke. <laughs> I mean, we were like, yeah. I bet because we both listened to a lot of podcasts on parenting and we were both like, there's no podcast about adoption. Mm-hmm. And so it started out really about being about adoption and kind of our health journeys we were both on at the time. Um, but <laughs> it's so funny because now, um, we just we just made a joke that in the car that we were just gonna pretend to do a podcast, yeah. and we talked for thirty minutes just yeah. just pretending to be on a podcast. I was like, we need to figure out how to do this. So we found an old janky uh, uh, microphone on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace or something, and we just figured out how to do it. So if you yeah. listen to season one, 
we did not know how to do it. Mm. I was not, I, I was an expecting mother at the time because we had not adopted my daughter yet. Mm. So um, it was kind of a funny season to start it, but we just, we just felt like it was time. So we did it. And that's a big part of doing something you've never done or you're afraid to do is. Yeah, don't be afraid to be bad at something. <laughs> you know, that's what I tell my daughter. She's learning piano right now. Don't be afraid to be bad at it. Like, you're not going to know how to play right away. Because yeah. she keeps telling me, why can't I play a song yet? I'm like, you're like, oh, honey. <laughs> it could be a long time before you learn how to The nice thing about piano is at least you can start plucking out melodies pretty <laughs> yeah. early on. But, yeah. And uh, so that's... But, Rachel, what's been going on in your life? Like, we're going to tell the big story, but what are just kind of some highlights of this last season for you? Um, well, I got, starting in September, I got to start working at our church preschool, um, and that's not something I was expecting to do, and then la- at the end of last school year, they kind of invited me onto their team. Because you were going to be a stay-at-home mom at that yeah, point. Yeah, and I prayed about it, and I just felt like it was right, and it has been such a blessing to be a part of our church's team. Our church has a school that starts at preschool and goes all the way through college. And just to be a part of that team and a part of um, a group of people that just love children and want to invest in the next generation was so great. And recently um, I've had to step down from my position and stay home with my daughter. She just needed me home. You know, like we said, we go through seasons and we're kind of in a season where we need to um, be home together because... We're going to talk about what I went through, but it really affected her. And now we just need to be home and cocoon for a little bit. And But God is so good because he's blessed us so much. We just got a membership to the YMCA. So we've been going and swimming and working out and just having a lot of fun together. When it's funny because our church is so supportive because they're like, we love having you as a preschool teacher, but the highest calling is to raise your child. Mm-hmm. And they really support stay-at-home moms, which there's some parts of the culture that – um, they don't like, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, you know, if you work there, you don't spend enough time with your children. And if you stay at home, you don't spend enough time on yourself and, and just finding that balance. Cause I'm a stay at home mom and I'm always like, what's that side hustle? What's that thing I can do? What's that, you know, and the Lord's just teaching me like, this is the most important work you will ever do in your life is raising this little human. And if that's all you do in this season, that was the most important thing. Well, yeah, and I think there's, like, that status, like, oh, I'm a mom, but, oh, but I went to school for early childhood ed, and I used to teach, but now I'm staying home. But it's, like, it's okay to embrace being a stay-at-home mom. There's nothing wrong with that. It's such, like you said, a high calling, and that's where the Lord's really humbled me in this season. Like, it's okay to just be home raising your child. You will never, and one of the parents, like when I said goodbye to my kids and parents, one of them said. At the preschool? Yeah, at the preschool. It was really sweet. One of them told me, they're like, you will never regret staying home with your child. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, thank you. And there's no judgment. Like a, lo- a lot of women have to work. Like, mm-hmm. And it's so funny. You said you came from being a stay-at-home mo- or a, a single mom, getting a divorce, to God restoring your marriage, now you don't even have to work because your husband provides. Yeah. And it's just amazing because when you were a single mom, you had to work. Mm-hmm. You were everything. You had to provide. You had to provide all the emotional and spiritual. And now you get to, like, carry that burden with someone else. And, yeah, I a lot of yeah, times. I get to be in bed, and then he goes to work at 4 and be like, bye, Eddie, and, like, roll over and go <laughs> back to sleep. <laughs> and 
<laughs> I know. One of the things when I start to get down on myself, I say, you get to stay home. Your husband works so hard so that you get to stay home. And I love my husband because I, you know, I was like, oh, but I want to provide for the family more. And he's like, he just put his hand on my hand and he just said, Natalie, you are doing the most important work. He's like, I just bring home a paycheck. Mm. He's like, but you are raising our daughter. And it just, you know, he's not a man who speaks a lot. Like he's very quiet and very to himself. So for him to articulate that was just like, like oh, oh my gosh, because I'm words of affirmation. Isn't it funny that God puts people that are like exact opposites yeah. to help grow each other? And well, and it's so beautiful because there would be times when I was fostering and I had lots of children. I had five kids at the time. And there was a season of that where I was staying home, but I still was working part time from home. So you know how that goes. You're spending a lot of time pouring into other people, especially because I was a foster peer mentor. So I was talking to a lot of other foster parents on the phone a lot. And then on times when I dropped my kids off at daycare or preschool, I would cry on my way to work and be like, this is what I long for. So the Lord has just taken all these hopes and dreams and it's like, hey, I'm bringing them to you. Even after all the mistakes and all the cringy things that you've done, like, I'm so kind, and I love you so much that I'm still giving you all these hopes and dreams that you have. I love the word cringy. I know we're too old to probably use it. I know. Cringe. That was so cringe. That was so cringe. Stop trying to make cringe happen, Natalie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we're like the 30-year-olds that are trying to, like, be cool. Learn how to use a reel. I know. Rachel, you're really good at that stuff. But, um... <laughs> But they say if you look back on your past self and cringe, it means it's good. It means that you've grown. Yeah. And I mean, I look, you never look at your child's work and be like, oh my gosh, they're not writing at a first grade level yet. Cringe. You yeah. know, but then we look back on ourselves and instead of looking at how far we've come, we like, oh my gosh, I want to be better. And um, that's something I'm really going to focus on this year mm-hmm. is just be in the season that I'm in, not in last mm-hmm. season and not in the next season, just because this is there's a very short amount of time where we're going to be a family of three and all my husband works from home so we're just together all the time and as annoying as that was at the beginning of it now we love it we love eating meals together we eat three meals together every day you know we're never going to have that again and that's okay because the next season's going to be really good for different reasons and really hard for different reasons but the season we're in right now we're just going to like soak up every second of it and but I do want to transition into, is there anything else you wanted to? No, that's good. Because we're just, basically going to talk about you for the rest of the podcast. Okay, hell. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, I just want to, I'll just start off by saying, um, Rachel is, you guys probably know this by now, and anyone who knows her personally knows that she is the most giving and Aww. most forgiving person. And so... When she needs something, it's very hard for her to ask for help because she's the one who always helps. Mm. And, um, gosh, when did it start, your health stuff? So I went in for something. It was the middle of July, and I went to the ER for something totally just random. I won't get too involved on the (laughs) podcast here. Um, And I spent the night at that ER. They had to do a CT scan and when I had my CT scan, I had an allergic reaction to the iodine. They put in like this contrast, contrast that you do. 
and I went into anaphylactic shock. I broke out in hives and then came home at like three in the morning that night, got some rest, slept most of the next day and seemed totally fine. So you were just, you're like, you know what? I just, and when I talked to her on the phone. I'm like, you were in the hospital, like with your throat closed. And Rachel's like, oh, you know, I, it just happens sometimes. Cause you were kind of allergic to a lot of things. Right? Yeah. So I'm used to having allergic reactions. Like if you have eggs, you're like, oh, throat closes. But yeah. So you just kind of thought nothing of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then later that night, do you guys, if you use Marco Polo, you can kind of send kind of video text messages to each other. And uh, we have a family one that we're always, and sister one, we're always sending ones. And uh, Rachel sent a Marco Polo of her, f- and she did not look right. She was slurring. She looked like she was having a stroke on the Marco Polo. And we heard her husband in the background, Rachel, are you okay? And Rachel, you were trying to tell us something, and you were crying, and and. Do you even remember what you were trying to say? I don't. It's super blurry. What I do remember is I was making dinner, and literally it felt like my right arm, which is all the symptoms of a stroke. Mm -hmm. Like, it felt like my right arm went numb, and I kind of, you know, worked it out a little bit. I was like, okay, it's fine, and I was because I was using the spoon to cook dinner. Like, maybe I'm just having a cramp or something. Yeah, I set the table, and then all of a sudden... I had this, I've never had this before. So at first I thought I was having a panic attack because I've never had a panic attack before, but I could not get, like I could hear the words in my head, but I couldn't get them out of my mouth. Like I was trying to tell my husband that I think something's wrong and I just turned to hysteria. Like I just started crying. Cause it's really scary. Yeah. And of course my husband and my daughter were like, what is it? <laughs> upstairs and my husband was like following me up the stairs He's like what are you doing and I just got into the shower like I was not in my right mind we got in the shower like a regular shower but like to try to calm down yeah and my oh, husband okay. was still like what are you doing are you okay and I was like I'm okay I'm okay like that's all I could get out but in my head I was trying to explain to him and I really didn't even know where I was I was so confused and um so then she Marco Poloed us and she's like I'm getting ready, and you kind of got a few things out that you were getting ready to go to the hospital, and um, your husband got on and said, hey, we, we need to go to the hospital, so I said, drop your daughter off at my house. We live really close to each other, but it was really, really scary because you it just, her face was slack on one, I literally thought you were having a stroke. Well, that's what everyone thought. <laughs> it's so funny. We get to the ER. This is you. You can laugh about, like, your <laughs> life in peril, but, I mean, that's us, I guess. It's so and I'm still kind of hysterical and I'm not able to talk and my husband is so flustered and so scared and he's trying to be so calm and he was telling them my wife is an emotional person but she's not normally this hysterical and like he's trying to tell he's them. trying to tell the truth but like also not speak for you yeah but, but also make me not seem like I'm crazy like it, like he's like she's normally not like this Oh, well, I mean, she's an emotional person, but she's normally not, like, hysterical. And the lady just stopped, and she's like, wait, 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 stop. Does she normally talk like this? Because I was stuttering and, like, not and able to talk. And, and slurring and face and slack. And-, and he's like, no, she doesn't. And so right away, she gets on the walkie-talkie and said, brain attack. And they got me right back. They did all these tests. I just He asked me what day it was. I didn't know. He asked me what month it was. I didn't know. When it was really scary because you were trying to tell them to not 
because they were going to give you a CT scan again, and you were like, don't give me iodine, but you couldn't say it. Yeah, and I was, like, crying out, and the nurse was so sweet. The lady that was with me, she just put her arm on me, and she's like, honey, I know you can't have the contrast. It's okay. And, like, was because they had put that in my chart from the night before. (laughs) Like, that's why I went back to the same hospital even though everyone's like gosh I want to go back to that (laughs) hospital that like put you in all this peril but that's why I went back to the same hospital so to this day I've seen a neurologist and um at the end of the night they sent me home and even the nurse that was there um because by the end of the night after I'd calmed down and everything I was actually able to like have my speech back a little bit so I was talking I was you know and so they chalked it up to it's a migraine like I'm like a migraine can cause that and at first an optic migraine what what did they it was a specific or uh I wish I could remember but it was like a serious migraine and I guess sometimes that can even cause half your body to be paralyzed but everyone in the whole that was working with me was like she had to have had a stroke but But they have a test they can do that would tell you but you didn't have a stroke well here's the thing the CT came back clear everything came back clear blood work was Fine. And so they're like, something's wrong, though. But then they said, if the stuttering doesn't go away within a week, we'll try and figure out what's wrong. And um, so I went to my doctor as a follow-up from the thing, from the original thing I went to the ER for. And she was just shocked that I couldn't. And she was so worried. And she said, you're not driving, are you? And I said, no. And she's like, well, I'm just going to tell you, you can't drive anymore. And I was like, oh. What? And she's like, till we get this figured out. Because at this point, it had been a couple days. I was still stuttering. I was still confused. I was still getting really shaky, like my hands would be shaky. And then I think I was getting better. Like, I'd have a couple of good days where I wouldn't really stutter. Although- and you are like a an optimist like you are such an optimist you're like everything's gonna be good which is a very beautiful trait of you but when you're trying to deal with you know because many of you guys know that I deal with chronic illness and I have an autoimmune disease and and I'm like the opposite of Rachel where everything's doom and gloom and so I have to like I but you know it's assessing your own pain because that was the other thing. You weren't in a lot of pain at the time. No, that was the nice thing is when it first happened, there was no pain. And even that they said it was a migraine and I had no headache. Like, But you couldn't control your hands sometimes. You couldn't control your speech. I mean, we'd be talking and, you know, we have the gift of gab, people. Mm-hmm. We can talk, 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 talk. Yeah. Um, but I was like basically having a one-sided conversation. And, you know, I didn't treat Rachel any differently because... You know, that's just our relationship. Yeah. I mean, if you were like, couldn't talk at all, we'd find a way to talk to each other. And we actually mm-hmm. signed a lot to each other during that time because you could do sign language, but you couldn't speak. It was so weird. Yeah, there was one time where I was having, I guess we'd call them episodes, where I was having an episode and I was signing help, and Ariana was able to go get my husband and get me help. Because she's, I'd say she's she, very fluent in sign language. She knows a lot of words. So she was like, Mom, you need help. Um, And then at this point, you know, I started working. The symptoms seemed to be getting worse, but I was like, okay, we're still okay. Like, they're not super bad. It's just stuttering sometimes, a little bit of confusion. And it was mostly in the evenings, wasn't it? Yeah. You'd be fine in the morning, but then as you got tired or if you didn't sleep that night, 
Mm-hmm. The crazy thing is, is every morning I'd wake up and be like, yay, I'm healed. <laughs> and then, like, That's that optimism. As the evening went on, I'd be like, like literally that's how it'd be sometimes where I couldn't even sit up in my chair at dinner um and there was this one I'd lay on the couch a lot and and I was doing fine in the mornings teaching preschool it was only a nine to noon job really so I said it seemed like because you didn't know the seriousness because the doctors at this point were like there's nothing wrong that we can find like they couldn't find they knew it was serious they were taking it seriously they weren't like they did it like hundreds of tests, I feel like. But they yeah. were like, well, you know, you shouldn't drive till we figure it out. But they, you know, cleared you to work and stuff. But Yeah, there was some blood tests that came back abnormal. But they couldn't figure out why the blood test came back out abnormal. And because when I talked to my doctor, she's like, well, yeah, this blood test is abnormal. But then this would also be happening. So there was no connections. It was just like a lot of symptoms, but no that connected together, you know. And so, even still, when I kind of stutter, like, during Christmas time, I was, like, tr- like stumbled over my words, and everybody looked at me like, okay? And I'm yeah. like, I'm okay. People stumble over their words sometimes. But we're all really sensitive about it because it was months and months and months where this was happening every single day. And basically, um, you know, I'd come over a lot in the afternoons, and, yeah, you couldn't even talk by 2 o'clock. And so I, I do think the Lord had you stay at your job because that was like the thing keeping you centered and sane during this time Mm -hmm. because you were just no answers and it was just really really scary but it started to get worse and worse and worse till the point where you stopped like serving in preschool well yeah on Sundays I was a Sunday school teacher and it was we were having Sunday school and it was the end of the time and the lady who was my assistant teacher in that class had to call the supervisor and said I don't think Rachel's okay because I was stumbling over my words I was getting confused I was starting to stutter really bad and all the parents were going to come pick up their kids and you don't want somebody who's confused like checking the kids out (laughs) well and it's crazy because you're such a talented teacher and so I think well and you were carrying it so well I think most people didn't know how much you were suffering well and a bunch of and another one of our friends said why didn't you tell me I could have been praying for you and I think the main reason like I didn't post about it on Facebook I was really careful I think I posted one thing on like a color street those nail things that I said oh I'm really thankful for color street because even when my hands are really shaky I can still do my nails mm-hmm. and then people are like wait what why are your hands shaky what's going on you know and I was trying to be very positive and most of the time when people saw me I was really good at carrying it even when we'd go to Saturday night prayers because be if you really were really good. bad you wouldn't leave the house yeah and that's the same with I mean it's not the same because yours was like seem to be life-threatening at times but my condition I don't if I'm feeling so bad that it affects me and that you can notice it I don't leave my house I just stay home so most people look at me and they don't think and like I said I'm sick yeah and like I said I'd have sometimes I'd have up to three good days where I'd be feeling good and, and I'd you be just like, feel like completely okay, normal I can do this I mean there was always that brain fog and that confusion but even one of the days I was walking home from work and this was the point where Lewis was like, my husband was like, okay, your sister has to pick you up or somebody has to take you home. You cannot even walk home from work with our kiddo anymore. And he, and so many people, he even said like, we really need to pray about you stepping down from working because, but I think I was so stubborn too that I was like, no, I need to do this because this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And when I, and I, that's the other thing is when I was teaching, 
I felt so grounded and so centered and mm-hmm. I felt normal. And you didn't have the episodes in the morning, so you were yeah. fine. Um, but you got lost, not lost, but you got, you were really close to home. And then what happened? On yeah, we were home? coming around the corner and then all of a sudden we were just walking home and then I just sat down and I started to cry because I didn't know where I was. And that's when it got really serious. And my daughter was with me. And that was what was so scary. And she grabbed me by my hand. And she said, Mom, it's okay. And she started walking us home. And that's horrible for a four-year-old, you know, to have to go through that. And she wasn't scared. She Like, she started to cry. And that kind of brought me back to a little bit is hearing her cry. And then once we came around the corner, we had a big pumpkin on our door. And it clicked in my mind. Like, okay, that's... But nothing was clicking. Like, I knew, okay, this is my daughter. That's our door. I just need to make it inside. And it was just a really scary situation. And, I mean, I'm, like, really, really close to Rachel. And I see her every day. And I was driving her back and forth to work. And I still didn't know the extent of some... And sometimes she'd say something and be like, I didn't realize it was that bad. Because I think in your own mind, you try to protect yourself and protect your family. Like, Mm -hmm. if I don't accept that it's really bad then it's but that was kind of a turning point for you and you were like something really seriously is seriously wrong i mean we were looking at like parkinson's disease and And ms MS. and if you guys don't know my sister-in-law passed away from um ms when she was gosh your age 33 or no how old are you 32 i'm 33 oh wow i just had a birthday (laughs) oh yeah you did happy 33 but um but she passed away when she was in her early 30s um, from multiple sclerosis. And that really scared me. Because um, that's what the neurologist is. I'm sorry I'm getting emotional. I'm thinking about. And we just came together as a family. And there's, um, if you guys don't know, our nephew passed away last March um, yeah. after a 10 plus year battle with a terminal illness. And he was only 13. And, and so death has been, one, well, anyone who listens to the news and reads news what's going on like there's you know with all the covid and just death being reported all the time like it was kind of scary and as christians you know we see death differently Mm -hmm. and we kind of had to get to a point where we're like god we trust you no matter what's happening and but it was really scary for your family and uh um but i kept feeling the holy spirit keep telling me this is not a lifelong condition this is not a lifelong condition I'm like, okay, but sometimes I'd start to accept maybe this is going to be a lifelong condition. Because it was progressively getting worse and worse and worse. And I would doubt the Holy Spirit. You know, you do that. You doubt God sometimes and be like, okay, I I felt like you told me this wasn't a lifelong condition. Did I really hear you right? Well, it just came to a pass and it was getting worse. And then all of a sudden I started having, I guess what you'd call seizure-like activity. Um, there was a time where we were coming out of a restaurant and I thought I was doing really good that night and I felt really good that night. And then as soon as we started walking out of the restaurant, I collapsed in the middle of the parking lot and then I started seizing and I guess that's what you'd call it. I can't really name it and say that I was having a seizure, but she could have hit her head and you know, it's like grandma, but you were, it was a what would you call it? Conscious seizure. Yeah, I'd like have these major convulsions. And even when I'd sleep at night, I'd convulse all night long. And your hands would just 
And my poor Flip husband. And... I know my poor husband having to deal with me convulsing all out. Like, so I, st- I was actually starting to get weary. I was trying to stay positive and smile, but I, I will admit I was starting to get weary when the sleep, when the no sleep kicked in because I was convulsing. Because then you were long. starting to have pain, and it was mm-hmm. starting to really, affect, like, you weren't able to keep up the facade, and you were you know, shaking a lot and people were starting to be like, this isn't normal. And then Mm -hmm. you pretty much had to stop going out in the evening at all. Like Mm -hmm. even like do anything in the evening. Um, Well, it's crazy how your husband stepped up. He would come home from work, take care of your daughter all afternoon, cook dinner, dinner, take care of you, take you to the doctor or the hospital if you needed to. Like, I mean, he really stepped up, and then he'd wake up at 4 a.m. and go to work the next day. I know. I just felt so bad for him. Like, he took on so much. But don't you think God knew you needed to be reunited in this season for this, you know? I mean, it's like he knew everything that had to happen leading up to this. Because he's so kind. Because I know I would have had the church rally around me and all my friends and you guys. But having Lewis in the home, taking care of being, like, the priest of our home, like, that made such a huge difference and I can never thank him for doing that and it's not like his job is over like there'll be more sickness there'll be more you know what I mean mm-hmm. but um, he was the one that came to me and he said I really want you to go be prayed over by the elders and there was like this stubbornness in me that didn't want to do that and I think it's because I was like well if I'm not healed I'm not healed and I want to believe that God can heal me so but he said nope, we're going to do this, and I want you to trust me as your husband. So we went to our head pastors of our church, and they anointed us with oil, and they prayed over me, and they asked for healing, and I did feel better. I wasn't completely healed, I guess, because I hung out with you the next day. and Yeah, and, and I, I, I'm trying to understand Rachel's journey. I can't quite because... Hers was way worse than I think of whatever I've dealt with. You know, I've had a really bad periods where I was I was on a cancer drug at one point and in bed throwing up and and my people don't realize but psoriatic arthritis is a very crippling and painful. Eighty percent of people with this condition are on antidepressants. Which if you need antidepressants, like I am not judging that at all, but it changes your brain chemistry because the pain. Mm-hmm. And I'm very blessed and lucky that I do not have to take antidepressants um, and I don't have to I only have to take one medication and I take it half as much as I used to have to um, because they're very dangerous medications that can cause cancer and do all these things but a liver transplant because it deteriorates your liver over time because it's a very powerful drug and I remember I've had mine for over 10 years now and in the beginning everyone says you just need to pray and have faith and the Lord will heal you and I do believe that the Lord heals people and I believed it for me and I'd seen it happen I saw a gal in our church at the time get healed of brain cancer she had a brain tumor she they saw it. They had pictures of the tumor, and she had everyone pray over her. She went back the next week, and the tumor was gone. Yeah. And they had the, the I don't know what they have, a CT scan of both of her brain a week ago and the next week. And the doctors were like, well, we must have made a mistake. And she's like, you didn't make a mistake. God healed my brain. And, yeah. and even her doctors still wouldn't believe because people want to believe what they want to believe but she had like proof like and and so I went and asked the the elders to heal me and I would go every single week and ask for healing and but I know why you felt it was probably a little pride but it was also um you know hope deferred makes the heart sick 
and I would go and I'd be like, Lord, I know you can heal. I've seen it. And so I want it. And I'd ask for it. And then he wouldn't give it to me. And it broke my heart every single time. But the Lord has shown me that my healing is, has come in increments Mm -hmm. and in like, he didn't just choose to take it away one day. He says, I'm going to use it. And he's used it. My daughter has all these special needs, and I know how to navigate the system because I've had to navigate it for myself for the last 10 years. Mm. And I know how to get her the help she needs, and I know how to look. And I know, oh, we should not go to the doctor for that, but we really need to go to the doctor for that. And I was able to catch um, what could have been a very serious, actually a neurological issue with my daughter, but my husband didn't notice. No one else noticed it. But I noticed it, and I know it's because of all the... And I was like, you know, God, if that was the only reason I had to suffer for the last 10 years, it was worth it because, you know, it, it's helping my daughter. But um, it is really hard to ask for healing because mm-hmm. it, you have to lay down your pride. You have to humble yourself. But also it's scary because if he chooses not to heal you... Yeah. You know, because there's lots of people that ask for healing from cancer... And they still die. Well, and our nephew passed away. And we've been praying for healing his whole life. And he suffered his whole life. He suffered so badly. Intense, intense pain. He was on the highest amount of morphine you can have at, like, age six. And he was 13 years old when he passed away. But you know what? He is healed. And he is in the arms of Jesus. And he's running. And he's taking full big breaths. And God chose not to heal him on this earth. But he did heal him in heaven when i think you finally got to that point didn't you yeah where i'm just like okay god this is sorry we're crying your hands but i think like the hard part too is losing all my autonomy like i couldn't drive i could i needed help going grocery shopping um i'd even get confused in the grocery store but so our our elders prayed over us and i did i i will say i did feel better like the symptoms weren't completely gone I wasn't convulsing as bad at night, and so that was a really sweet relief that I felt like was a gift from the Lord. But then we were having some visiting prophets come, and um, I don't know how we'd explain what a prophet is. Basically, there's someone who has the gift of prophecy, and it's also been tested, so they don't just say, oh... I, God's telling me this. They they have spent their their life researching the Bible and studying the Bible, and they have like they will give a prophecy, and then another person will confirm that prophecy. And they're just really trusted people. Yeah. And they they we do this with several if different ministries of prophets and churches of people we really know. We'll go to another church and prophesy over other people, and they'll come to our church. And if you want to learn more about it, we can definitely, you know, reach out to us. It's, it's, if you're, if you don't do this at your church, it's, it's kind of, um, I was going to say, it seems hokey. Like, but is it's that not, the right word? It's in the Bible. It says some will be prophets, some will be teachers. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's a biblical thing, but some modern churches, um, don't walk in the spirit this way and are little, it's out of, we grew up Christian, filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, all that stuff, but it even prophesying is something that stretches my faith. I will I will admit that. Yeah. It's not something that we grew up just hearing people prophesy and having words for people. It was like, oh wow, okay, thank you. But um, it, it, yeah. it like it builds the, the church up 
but it's always like if it goes against scripture it's not prophecy yeah you know you're never going to prophesy something that the bible doesn't back up yeah and um but you know there's lots of stuff so if you want to dm us if you want to learn more about it we could give you some scriptures and things like that Um, because the purpose of this podcast is not to convince you about this part of the holy spirit but basically these tested people that are walking with the lord that we trust we know personally they come to our church and they prophesy over people, but they don't know anything about them. Yeah. They say, don't tell well, us. like our church leadership knows them. Personally. The church leadership, yeah, but they, it's, they the prophets who come in are from other churches. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Am I making sense? Well, and so we were told, okay, and so when we got prayed over by our pastors that next weekend, we were told we were going to be prophesied over, and they said, you know, just be praying, asking the, seeking the Lord, and of course I was, it's so funny how we work because of course I'm like, yeah, I want to be healed, but I already got prayed over and I'm still having symptoms and I'm like, I want to be completely healed, but Lord, I really want to know about this and I want to know specific things I asked the Lord for in my heart and in my but you personal didn't say prayer out loud. time, but that I didn't tell anyone. Those prophets, they brought us up on stage. One prophet talked about, uh, seen us having lots of children surround us having car seats full of children they talked about but not just from your seat but he said but from adoption and foster care and he talked about how i have this nurturing spirit he said things about my husband that people wouldn't even know like that i as his wife am like wow and it sounds hokey like you know but i am a person who is very close to their family, so I know things that not everyone knows. Mm-hmm. And I know things that they had only shared with me or very close friends. Yeah. And I'm sitting in the audience with my jaw on the ground because I'm like, how would these strangers from another state know these things that you've never posted on Facebook, you've never even spoken aloud except to a few select people? Yeah, I mean, like, the big ones, you know, Everybody who knows me knows that I love foster care and that. Um, but these people didn't know. They yeah, didn't know they don't adopted. Know, they don't know me. They didn't. They don't. They don't know how many children. It's not like our daughter was with us. She was not with us at the time. She was in childcare. So, like, they don't know us from Adam. They only know. They don't even get our names until we go up on the stage. Like, they don't get a group of people's names. And they pray, and the Holy Spirit gives them the word. Yeah, it's kind of funny. It's funny how he even said he's like, "There's no earpiece." In my head, if somebody there's in the nothing church, up like, my sleeve, yeah, and and it's not about like, oh, let me tell you your future, like some fortune teller. It's like this is what the Holy Spirit has put on my heart that the Lord wants to speak to you. God always wants to speak to us, and He speaks to us through His Word. He speaks to us through worship and music, but He will speak to us through other people too, as long as you can back it up with the Bible. You also mm-hmm. have to be careful who's speaking into your life too. Yeah, and that's why I say these prophets are tested. They they have a, a history in their um, their ministry of being trustworthy, of following and serving the Lord. So these prophets are tested. Their ministries have been going on for a long time. They're not just like hokey people that come in and that our pastors don't whisper secrets to them. He joked yeah. about having the, the thing in his ear. Yeah. But so anyways, they're saying all these things about these things. And then all of a sudden, there was three different prophets. One says... The enemy tried to take you out when you were young. Here's the thing is I had a neurological condition when I was a baby that almost killed me. It should have. By all standards, we had an uncle who had it for what? 
it, um, just a couple days. It's a it's a brain infection, and he's deaf. He completely deaf and almost blind too. Yeah. And I had it eleven days before they were able to diagnose it, and I didn't. Has it what two year old? Yeah. You should have died. Eighteen months old. And so he's mentioned that he's like the enemy tried to take you out when you were young. And he's like, and he's trying to take you out again. And he said, infirmity is bound in Jesus' name. Which basically means, like, we're done with it. Like, yeah, if you're Jesus sick. is going to heal you. Like, how could it be possibly known? Well, then one of the oh, ladies. gives me chills. I know, it's just, the lady gets up, and she's just praying over us. And she puts her hand on my head, and she's just saying, uh, the Lord said when you guys came up here, he wanted to heal your bodies. But then she specifically went to me. And she said, I called to the red and white blood cells, and she started speaking to them, and then she started, like, just praying and praying, and then she looked at me, and she said, have you been told you're terminal or that you have a lifelong condition? And at first, I was speechless. I was like, what? at that time, the doctors were still doing, you had finally had a cat, did you I do had just EEG? done an EEG, like, yeah. a couple days before that. And I looked at her and said, uh, 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 we haven't found out yet. And she's like, praise the Lord, because that test is going to be perfect. And then she called the whole church to pray. And everyone in our church, like, reached out their hands and prayed. And, and then stood up. And there's hundreds of us yeah, in that room. Yeah, just praying for me. And then she said, do you receive your healing? Say, I receive my healing. And I said, I receive my healing. And everybody was cheering and praising. And here's the thing. Right before I went on that stage, I was barely able to stand. And they would have known that because I, like, walked up there like I was just fine. Lewis was holding on to me tight, though. And then they sat us in chairs. But I had to have one of our good friends pray over me before the prophecy because she's like, how are you doing? And I was like, I'm really struggling. And so that you were trying to take notes. You were trying to take notes on the sermon, like yes, the day before. If you go to our Instagram, I have a picture of sermon notes the night before, and sermon notes the day that we had our ministry. And it's and like night healing. and day, like night and day. Like one is just I could barely get out what I was trying to write because my hand was shaking so bad. And then the next day, it's like pretty and when it's crazy because like you kind of went into it being like well I want healing but like not truly believing that you could have it but when the lady said that she's like have you gotten a terminal diagnosis and because you know we thought it was MS we had it your neurologist couldn't figure it out mm -hmm. they had all those weird blood tests like we were still like you were going to the doctor all the time they couldn't figure it out mm -hmm. you were still weren't allowed to drive yeah i mean you were you were getting you you'd had a little bit of relief when the pastors prayed for you but when she prophesied about that you know we everyone in the church we were just kind of holding our breath and this is when more people had started to notice that you were having issues and mm -hmm. um but you were healed on the spot right then you were healed huh mm -hmm. yeah i i walked off that stage healed and since then, I haven't had any seizure-like activity. That night, I received my healing. You walked off the stage. Completely healed. Yeah, and it's just crazy. You know, like, I will say that I was skeptical. And I've been a Christian for a really long time. And I've seen healings. But when it's in your own family, mm -hmm. and I saw how bad it was, I think that I just, I wanted to believe. But I also wanted to be really, like... <laughs> 
I so I made I still drove you to work for like another week after that. Yeah, even though I was like, can I please drive now? But then like my neurologist called and guess what? She was like, I have the results from your test, and she said it just doesn't make sense. And I was like, what? She's like, because in my test, she and said it's she like could, a couple days after the healing, right? Yeah. So they record your test. They record it on like a machine, but they also like physically record it with a camcorder to watch your body. So in the test, when they got to a certain blinking light, I'd start to have an epilepsy episode. And, but... You were just convulsing, seizing, yeah. I don't know what you'd call it. But then she said, but then on the screen that they got back, like the screen... There like was where they, the EEG measures your brain activity, and then they have a camera that watches you. Cause, yeah. Because my daughter had to have an EEG too. Yeah. We were having a lot of brain yeah. issues in our family. But she's like, the EEGs come back perfect. Just like the prophet would say. She's like, that is going to come back perfect. So then it's so funny because then the neurologist was like, well, maybe we can send you to a psychiatrist. And I said, no, I appreciate that. And I told her my whole story. And I said, I'm just going to be walking and believing in my healing. And it's been so awesome because... And the neurologist was like, I was with you. You were on the phone with her and and she was like, because they thought you were... um, I don't know, making it up or it was a psychological issue. Yeah, I don't know, but... Like, they couldn't... Anyone who was around her was like, she could not have faked those seizures. There was a physical thing going on in your brain. Yeah. It wasn't emotional. It wasn't psychological. Um, I mean, it was causing psychological pain. Because yeah. I took But, um, gosh, it was. And then after a week, I was like, I was like, God, you really healed her. Like, yeah. And then even people in our own family were like, are you still going to the neurologist? Or are you taking medication? You're like, no, I'm no, healed. Yeah. And. It was, like, hard for them to believe. Yeah. And it's still hard for some people, I think, to believe. They have, they, I've heard people have said things like, well, she must have been faking it before because there's no way that she could be this okay. And, you know, it's funny because I'll start to get offended by that because I'll be like, why would I fake that? And, like, the Holy Spirit is just like, it was all for my glory because now you get to be a walking miracle to tell people that God still does miracles. Those biblical miracles, he still does them today. And it's not this thing where I go up on stage and somebody smacks me in the face and is like, you're healed. Like, yeah. it's, it's definitely not like that. I mean, if you're not used to that kind of stuff, it would probably be kind of intimidating. It wasn't like a faith healer came to town and, you know. but Yeah, but also that night, Another a friend of ours, her husband, had a condition on his ankle for years. He'd spent the last 10 years not even able to work because he injured his ankle, and he was in so much pain every day. And during my healing, he said it felt like the Lord literally touched his ankle and healed him. And then he went and found a couple guys that night and was like, I want to ask God into my heart. Like, he mm-hmm. wanted to be a Christian. When it's crazy, in that period of time when you were being a preschool teacher how many kids gave their life to Jesus like genuinely there was eight kids who did it at school and then there was two kids who did it at home yeah and that was all that it says in the Bible that the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony that's how people are going to be saved and because um, I, I love the story Rachel was the Sunday so she's it's crazy in a six-month amount of time she lost the podcast she lost her ability to talk, which is, like, our favorite thing to do. Yeah, maybe the Lord is like, yeah, maybe you need to, like, stop talking so much. You couldn't work out. You couldn't hike. Oh, yeah, I loved could... hiking, and I couldn't hike because 
my husband was too worried about me. You being couldn't out drive in the wilderness yeah. and getting confused. I mean, legitimately, <laughs> um, you couldn't take care of your daughter the way you wanted to. You couldn't write. You couldn't think half the time. Like yeah. you, you lost almost everything. And with one healing, you got it all back. Yeah, it's amazing. And uh, Rachel was. Um, teaching uh, the story of the, the man who was blind since birth to our to um, our daughter's Sunday school class. She's the Sunday school teacher. And I love what you said about it, about um, people were like, oh, did you, was he really blind? Because Jesus heals a blind man. And he does it in kind of a weird way. He yeah. spits in the dirt and makes mud and puts it on the man's eyes and then sends the man to get clean in like a river or something. Yeah, and then he's completely not blind anymore like he has his sight and they even call in his family members they call him in and they're just questioning him and they're like how did he do this what did he do and i love that he says god should get the glory for this like he's even asking him, like why are you questioning like this is an amazing thing that's happened and he says god should get the glory for this Be and then they said um then he said I don't know whether he is a sinner, the man replied. He's talking about Jesus. Yeah, he's like, but I know this. I was blind, and now I can see. And he said, I told you once. Didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? And they're like, no. And he just keeps going on. People are like bashing Jesus. Yeah, and they're like, there's no way this man could do this and all this stuff. And he just says, all I know is I was blind but now I can see. And that's when people question me, like, well, were you, you know, actually were sick? You were you actually sick? It? Was, maybe it was a psychological thing. Maybe you were so stressed out you were having this. And it's like, you know what? Maybe it was. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I said, but all I know is that I was sick, and now I'm healed. And that's all i got to say about that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and it's crazy, too, because every once in a while you'll get triggered, like a light or yeah, something mm -hmm. will start to trigger you, and you just call down that healing again. Yeah, I just pray about it in Jesus' name. And, um, yeah, it's usually like with bright flashing lights, they'll start flashing at me, and I'll get a little bit of that, almost that feeling like there's something coming back. But as soon as I pray against it, it's gone. And so I don't know. It's hard. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a, even like I went to my doctor a couple days ago and she was like oh my goodness you're not stuttering and she's and like you just look different your yeah. face is different it's crazy she's like what happened with that and I got to tell her about it and she didn't question it at all she's like well, wow. she's a Christian isn't she yeah she's like wow I'm just glad that happened like <laughs> well and it's just it's so cool what God has done and it's so easy to forget and doubt what God can do but it's just you have to remember at the end of the day that God is still doing miracles. He does. And so if you're still waiting on your miracle, you're still waiting for your healing. You're still waiting for that baby. You're still waiting for the next job. You're still waiting for this financial provision and you're feeling so stressed out and you're feeling like this is never going to end and God, why am I going through this? Like, Just know that God still does miracles. Mm -hmm. And we may never know why he chooses things to do. Like even with the blind man, he had him spit dirt and put it on his eyes and washed him. And there's a story before that where there's a blind man and God says, just get up and walk. And um, Like Jesus healed. obviously could heal anyone at any time yeah, like in any way. Yeah, with the snap of a finger. But why did he want to do it in the way that he's doing it? And even like the Lord showed me like he has not healed my arthritis for a reason. He mm -hmm. still hasn't told me the whole reason. 
but I just know that I'm not healed yet and I need to you know um, not accept oh like I'm not like an Eeyore mentality like oh my life is pain and blah 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 but like why has God made me this way it's for a reason and it's yeah. at the end of the day it's for his glory yeah. it's not because I used to be like God am I not a good enough Christian is that why I haven't been healed yet <laughs> and he's like you know no he's like I love that they say, did the man sin or did his his parents parents sin? And Jesus was like, no, he was made blind so I could show the glory. And you're like, whoa, Whoa. am I, (laughs) am I like disabled basically so that I can show God's glory? Well, I think with you too, it's like you said, 80% of people who have arthritis are on antidepressants and I think if you can show people there's another way like this is where my joy comes from my joy comes from the Lord like it doesn't come I mean and like we're not judging anyone who needs antidepressants it's just saying you have found another way to be able to live through your sickness and still have a normal happy life and here's the crazy thing is I haven't been delivered or or healed from my arthritis but I have been healed from depression I did have depression as a direct result of being sick and the constant pain and everything and you know what if I had to choose between healing of depression and healing of physical pain I would choose the depression any day because Mm. that affected my day-to-day life way more than a physical ailment and so I think the Lord knows and he is so good and I'm like I can't open a pickle jar but Dang it, I can get up in the morning and be joyful. <laughs> I can. <laughs> and, you know, and even my physical stuff, I'm not nearly as much pain as I used to be. I don't mm-hmm. take as much medicine as I used to. Like, I'm on a healing journey. It wasn't like a, a prophet said, you're healed, and I was healed. Like, Rachel's, that's such a testimony. We have a different testimony. And, mm-hmm. you know, even Rachel's healing has got me researching healing again and praying for healing again and having hope again for healing and healing for my daughter and you know mm. and we pray for healing of her physical ailments every single day and you know it's it's inspired so many people and given so many people hope and i love what you said and we can kind of end on this but you got to the point where you said you know jesus healed every single one of us of our sin mm-hmm. every single one of us is a sinner and that's i mean there's sin is the reason we have pain and yeah. physical illness and all that stuff but he, he didn't promise to heal all of our pain, our physical pain, but mm-hmm. he did promise to heal us of our sins. If we humble ourselves and and we ask for forgiveness, he is faithful to forgive us. Yeah. And, and the Bible says he's quick to forgive. It's uh, not like we have to take time to get into God's good graces. Yeah, it's or like, like whip ourselves and tell God, <laughs> until we made <laughs> penance or something, you know. He just is so quick to forgive us. And so I love, when you were really sick, you said... You know, if the only healing I ever got was salvation, that would be enough. And I think all of us as Christians have to get to the point where um, if the only healing we get in this life is forgiveness, like the man who was a paraplegic and his friends lowered him down through the roof to see Jesus, you know, if mm-hmm. you know that story. Um, the first thing Jesus says is um, your uh, sins are forgiven. And all the Pharisees are like, oh, no, no. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, I know. Yeah. You know, they're all like, oh, you don't have authority. And he's like, he's like, I have authority from God to forgive man of sin, like to forgive this man of his sins. But to prove it, I'm also going to say, get up and walk. And then the man gets up and walks. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus, he does both. He heals our sins, but he also heals our bodies mm-hmm. because he is 
over all of it. And I think that comes first. First is our healing of our hearts. And he's so kind. I believe that that was putting my heart in the right place to receive my healing. And instead of um, being healed right then and there. When the pastors prayed for you? When the pastors prayed for me. Instead of being healed right then and there, I was able to be healed in in front of hundreds of people in front of the church. And hundreds of people got to witness that healing. Like, if it would have happened just with the pastors, I could have had the same story, and it would have just been as powerful. But now it was witnessed by hundreds of people. Like, that's what's so cool. And it it allowed for other people to be saved and other people to be healed and other people to be changed. So, Gosh, I didn't even think about it like that. It was like, and he said that on the prophecy, like, it'll be a catalyst of hope. And it's hope. A lot of people have caught that hope. All those children that are getting saved in, in your preschool class, like that's not just because, you know, they they see a heart change. They see a, you know, ah, it's so beautiful. Rachel, thank you for sharing. I know this is a hard story. It was a hard story for me to relive a little bit, and I wasn't even the one going through it. I can't wow. imagine how scary it was for you. Well, it's funny. And, like, one of um, my mentors, she told me sometimes God doesn't know let us know how sick we actually are to keep us out of that fear. But lots of times I wasn't scared because I was like, I'm fine. I'm good. And I was like, everyone on the outside is like, Like, oh my gosh, (laughs) call the ambulance. (laughs) Like we were like, we need to get you a life alert in case you fall and can't get up. So, but I (laughs) joke about it now. We do joke because I mean, that's the joy of the Lord yeah. is that we're able to look back. But, but that is why we have not had our podcast for the past, what, like since July. And it was sad. I missed it. Me too. But I think God has healed you so you can do amazing things. And uh, and right now that thing is staying at home with my kiddo. It's not wow. like I'm going off on this big mission trip to like Guatemala or something like, but I am staying home. And that's one of, earlier we said, that's one of the reasons why there really needs to be this time home is because for a while I wasn't really able to parent and now it's time for me to come home and yeah really on my bootstraps <laughs> oh god is so good to us isn't he so yeah. sorry I spent that whole time just talking and talking and talking no but. we wanted I wanted to get the whole because everyone's heard bits of the story but the whole this Here's is the, the whole shebang so we are coming back with new topics new things on motherhood we're going to do new interviews yes. everything and we're going to try to have um still have two episodes a month if if we can get three that'd be awesome but um we at just, the end of the day it's just the two of us we don't have producers we don't have you're looking at them it's just the two of but us but yeah you can check us out on instagram at instamamas nat and rach and, and yeah and sorry. then you can also uh, that's same for facebook instamamas nat and rach and you can email us at instamamas19 at gmail.com yeah, I don't so, know why we put the nineteen. I think there are like eighteen other Instamamas before. <laughs> I guess so. Yes, oh not. no, we started it in two thousand nineteen. That's why it's always the year. But um, so yeah, thank you for listening, and yeah, reach out to us, and we'd love to talk to you. But yeah, be sure to check out our Facebook page and read some of our blogs too. If you're curious about foster care or adoption, we have a lot of great resources there. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.